0: Okay, uh, here we go. Hello, everybody. It is me, Kevin Warhaft. Uh, I am doing another interview for the Kevin Warhaft show. This time, I have my great friend, somebody who is not just in a band, somebody who is you know, a guy who travels with bands as a, you know, a manager, a sound guy, somebody who really knows what to do in the studio when he's recording an album. His name is Jarrett Pritchard. Welcome to the interview, Jarrett. Thank you. Now, um, my question first is, when did you start eulogy how did you get this band together how long did you last for uh we started eulogy in june
1: of 1989 and we played and recorded together until about october of 1995 so we were together for right around six years
0: and uh, how many albums do you have out of that band?
1: Eulogy um, has a couple demos floating around. We have, uh, we at the time when the band was together, we did a cassette demo originally that was done with drum machines. And then we recorded a demo that's really hard to find. I don't even have it, called Castle Silling. then after that, we recorded Dismal was another three-song EP. Then we went in and recorded the four-song CD called The Essence for uh, a record label. And then we ended up doing the Lessons in Fear demo, which is another three songs. We had a live record that we kind of threw together after the band was already broken up called Live at the Rips, which was really nothing more than a soundboard tape from a night that we played a show with Cannibal Corpse And then after the band broke up, Clayton, the drummer, and I had put all the music on the internet, like for free, like, you know, just for anybody that wanted it. And years and years and years went past. A lot of people had asked me about re releasing it. And um, I had already given the music away. So I really wanted somebody that was willing to do a really good package. And uh, I met a guy from. And he had asked me a bunch of times, and I said no. And um, I guess one day he just caught me in a in a mood, and I laid out all these insane conditions like a poster, book, gatefold, multiple colored vinyls, you know, all this stuff. And he was like, Yeah, sure, I'll do it. Let's do it. And uh, so then we released the vinyl and CD of remixed with an added rehearsal track and a poster and a bunch of books and a bunch of stuff like that. And so that's all the eulogy recordings. There's one more eulogy recording that it's kind of um, it's a debate as to whether it's really a eulogy recording or not. It's me, I called it eulogy. Um, with Tony Loriano who you guys know played with uh you know Nile in thirteen forty nine and Timmy Gear. And Rob Barrett from Cannibal Corpse on second guitar, and my friend Mike Bajone, who played for Monstrosity on bass, and my other friend Jason Hohenstein from Letchersk Nocturne was on vocals. And that was kind of an internet-only release that later on got called The Burden of Certainty. I never really named it. It was just three songs we did together when I was uh, trying to put the band back together, and that's all the eulogies.
0: Awesome. Now, uh, the next question is about um, how you became a sound man, how you got to like be a manager and uh, do all kinds of things with all of the bands you've uh, been with over the years on tour. Uh, how did you get to start that?
1: 25 years or so, and so I always had recording equipment and stuff around the house, and I was recording, you know, anything that I could think of with my little tape recorder as young as probably maybe like seven years old, you know, I was really into it, Um, but it didn't occur to me for a very long time that people did that for a living, Um, I just kind of thought it was part of being a musician, that you were supposed to know how microphones worked, and you were supposed to know that stuff, you were supposed to know how to fix your guitar when it broke, because my dad had taught me all this stuff, and um, during the eulogy days, I cut my hand while I was working pretty bad, like I had like 14 stitches, and uh, I kind of I called my dad up and I said, I'm not going back to work anymore, this is ridiculous, You know, and my dad laughed. He goes, well, what are you going to do? And I said, I don't know. He goes, well, why don't you just go engineer? And I was like, I don't think I know how. My dad, like, started laughing at me kind of. And he was like, what do you mean you don't know how? He's like, I've been teaching you since you were a little kid. Uh, They lived in Virginia at the time, and I lived in Florida. So there's a bit of a distance. It was just me on the telephone. Sure enough, I got a typewriter because this was way before the Internet, and I typed up my resume. I had been around theater and lighting and sound and stuff because my mom a lot and doing concerts with Eulogy. And, you know, so I kind of had an idea what I was doing. Um, I told the truth for about three quarters of it. I bullshitted for about 25% of it. And I typed up a resume and I sent it to a company in Tampa called Donovan Audio. And I was on a truck later that day doing a show. And that's kind of how it started. But. I didn't start working with bands like what you're talking about for a long time. Like I first I worked in the clubs in Virginia Beach up in Virginia for a while. Uh, I was mixing a lot of like hip-hop and a lot of reggae and stuff towards the end of the 90s. And I was in a bunch of like there would be riots, there would be shootings, there a bunch of stuff that I wasn't really digging. I had kids and stuff so I was worried about it and uh, I didn't want to do that anymore so I went you do it, and people can rely on you, and and it sounds okay, you know, like you do a good job, Uh, the phone keeps ringing, and it's just been that way ever since. So it's been about 10 years now out of retirement, traveling. Um, To finish your question, though, the tour managing part of it manager together at the same time and and, um, I had worked under some tour managers that I didn't think knew what they were doing and I had had the opportunity to work under some people who really were really good and knew what they were doing I I would say as far as the tour manager goes I have to give props to my friend Pete Robertson who used to handle Cannibal Corpse and now is with the Dropkick Murphy's Um, I learned a lot and how to stay cool and how to take care of people and how to make things flow from that guy and so that's how being a tour manager kind of got added into it I mean I had always been sort of a production manager I always knew how to advance a show or whatever but I would say that that's kind of how that happened and um, as far as studio work goes you know I had always been doing it and you know, someone calls and asks you to do it. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it goes well, sometimes not. But that's just life, like any other job. Um, you always try to do your best, and sometimes it works out, sometimes not. Anyway, so yeah, that's how that happens. There you go.
0: Oh, man, that that is really cool. Um, now, speaking of all the albums that you've produced, Um, you've done so many. Which one is your favorite one? And can you please tell a little bit about, um, doing Massive uh, Cauldron of Chaos in Norway?
1: Uh, sure. Um, my, I, I don't have a favorite. I have, um, I have different records that I like for different reasons. I would say lot of different reasons Godor's Vengeful Ascension record was a real big one for me because I had the opportunity to take them to a studio that I really always wanted to work in that's called Earth Analog up in Tolono Illinois it's owned by Matt Talbot from the band Home. Um I feel like having been their live engineer there was something not getting across on previous records, and um, although I love all their albums, I think all their albums are great, I think they're all produced really well, too, there was something that I wanted to bring to the table that I hadn't heard yet, and with them, I got an opportunity to do that, I I got an opportunity to work really closely with Ben, um, as far as, like, you know, really working on on, on the vocals, and, like, you know, watching him sort of craft what he does because i think he's one of the best out there and uh, i got to also work with another engineer who i really respect named chris common who um did the mix on that record for me because i was the producer and i went down and i mixed like the first three songs with him to make sure we were on the same page and then i said you know do your thing and uh Finish it up, and he would send them back to me, and I would say yay or nay. And then we uh, did the record like that. And I got, I just in general had a good experience working on Vengeful uh, Ascension. Although, for different reasons, I enjoy almost all my records. Now, as far as Massive Cauldron goes, the world and get to work and, and that's super nice. Uh, there were many technical hurdles that I had to overcome and ultimately at the end of the day it was just it was a different kind of experience. But, you know, you can hear that, you know, different records that I do sound completely different. I mean, the Gruesome records don't sound anything like the Godot records or, you know, the Pulper Morte record doesn't sound like anything like that. And the 1349 one doesn't sound like anything like that. And where those guys are concerned, they uh, they know exactly how they want to be presented. who they want to be and how they want it to be presented.
0: That is really cool. I wish I could have been there to see you do that. (laughs) Um, It was was interesting
1: and it was cold.
0: (laughs) So now, um, you're in a band called Wolfhammer, is that true?
1: I'm playing with three bands right now, actually, Kevin.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: with his other band because he sings for Skeleton Witch Um, our work is a little bit sparse but uh, I am in that band we are working on some new stuff I'm also playing um, second guitar with my really old friends in the band Brutality which I haven't said a whole lot about it because I am just sort of you know playing like a backup musician with them. Um, but, you know, it may go further than that. Um, I've been friends with uh, Jeff Akers and Scott Regal for, you know, probably 30 years. And Jay Fernandez, the guitarist, actually played at Eulogy with me for a while. Uh, we had uh, just changed musicians, and uh, Jay stepped in and played for my band. So in a way, I'm kind of doing what Jay did for me. I'm playing for Brutality. I'm going to be doing some shows with him this spring. And then my main band is called
0: Okay, um, can you please uh, tell me about um the album that Potra Morte just released, and uh, where are you going to be touring?
1: Ah, uh, good questions. Um, well, last year, right around this time, Clayton called me up and he said, I've got this band and I've got this guitar player. We wrote some songs that are, are pretty cool. I want you to check them out. Do you have a bass? And I said, well, yeah, of course I have a bass. He's like, would you do me a favor and just lay down some demo bass on here? I'm I'm having trouble getting a bass player. And so I heard the music and I said, wow, that's really good. You know, I like it. Sure, of course I'll do that. And then we got to talking and I was like, well, why are you doing a demo? Why don't you just do an album? And, uh, you know, he's you know, finances, trying to figure it out. And I said, okay, well, I'll tell you what. I said, how about if I join this band because I really like the music? Let me take over as producer, and we'll make a record, and we'll put it out. And so we did, and I played bass on the album, and then after the album was done, we recorded the record last March, I think it was. Uh, I had to go on tour for a couple months. I went out with Serenia from Norway, and then I went out with Tyr from the Faroe Islands. And I got home, and we were going to start mixing the record decided we were going to rehearse to see you know because it's playing something in the studio is one thing being able to stand there like a live band and actually do it is entirely different and i really care about that part of it a lot like i i kind of think that if you can't stand there and play it as a band then you're kind of i don't know you're not fake but it's not exactly the same thing i'm not going to say anything fake i'm just going to say it's and it was decided that since my main instrument is guitar, I would play guitar. And I decided to call my friend Dylan Kilgore up from the band Withered. And I had met Withered when Marduk and 1349 toured together and Withered was one of our opening bands. And I really liked Dylan's stage presence and his backing vocals in Withered. So I called him up in Atlanta and I said hey do you want to play bass on this for me and he took a listen to it and he was like yeah this is fantastic and so we got together and we started rehearsing and uh, we finished mixing the record and we went through some things with record labels and ultimately decided to basically put it out ourselves uh, through uh, Brutality's record label Ceremonial but it is it's sort of like a partnership with ceremonial but we did basically put it out independently ourselves and then um, basically now we have um, the record just came out there's been a, a decent amount of press you know we were in decibel February issue uh, they premiered some tracks for us a, co- a couple other websites did a stream of the album we you know reviews have been coming in. And so far we're booked to play the 22nd of March in St. Louis, the 23rd of March in Chicago. And then we have another gig that's a festival that hasn't announced yet, so I can't really say that one, but it should be around June. And uh, being a touring guy, obviously I have several friends that are booking agents And I have contacted them, and I've let them know what it is that we want to do as far as playing goes, and they are looking out for opportunities. My hope, in addition to what's going on, is just because it's where I live, when the guys come back in, I think, June to start on the next record, because we've already almost finished writing it, we are going to start that by playing a few shows and I want to play in Tampa and down in Miami or Fort Lauderdale because I kind of feel like those are two of the stronger areas, and markets that I've worked in a lot, but I want, to, I want to get in touch with the people down there and play for them and see how they like what we're doing.
0: Awesome. Um, so what are the next albums of bands that you're going to be working on and uh, when will they be released? Well,
1: um, I just finished working with Nocturnus from Tampa, my old friend Mike Browning and uh, his guys, and that should be coming out on Profound Lore Records sometime May, I think is what I heard. Municipal Waste, but I'm Cannabis Corpse, not Municipal Waste. I've been having a look at some of that stuff, and I think I'm going to mix a record for them. And beyond that, there is some discussion about getting in the studio with the gentleman from Norway. Uh, I don't know when. Uh, Hopefully sometime this year Uh, I have not been told when but
0: want to say thank you for this interview it has been an honor um, I hope to see you sometime this year soon uh, this has been Kevin Weft here on the Kevin Weft show um, this is uh, my interview with Jared Pritchard peace, love, happiness, death, no rules uh, don't be a poser um, bleed for the go thrash till death Till next time, bye. (laughs) Thanks, Kevin. You're welcome, man. Yeah,
1: well, we'll take care of yourself, buddy. Stay in touch with
0: me and we'll talk soon, okay? Okay, man. All right, brother. See you. Bye-bye. See you. Bye-bye.